you know, we don't always know, we don't always know the details of, of how things are going to turn out. We don't always see the fruit of what we do. But you have to believe that God is working out every single detail for a reason. That, that we cannot lose sight of the picture that God is for us. You know, we talked about last week of how, how his favor is upon us, that he withholds no good thing from us, from those whose walk is blameless. We can't lose focus of the fact that God is for us, that he's rooting for us, that, that he desires to have people to partner with him, to, to be in this relationship so that he can do what he wants to do as a good father, despite whatever, whatever um, outlook you have of what a father is or who your father was, that doesn't matter. That's not a comparison that we make. We make a comparison with a God who is willing to do anything for his kids. And that's who he is. And, and, and we, we cannot fall short and think that God isn't rooting for us. I mean, he's rooting for us. He's rooting for us. He's, he's cheering us on, and he's just wanting us just to believe. Um, when Jesus taught his disciples, he wanted to make sure that they understood that they can have the same relationship with the Father as him. Now, I don't know about you and how far you are in your Bible reading plan this year, Probably not that far. But when you get to the Gospels, it looks like, these are just my observations, that Jesus has a pretty unique and close personal relationship with the Father. And Jesus says, I want that to be yours. I want them to know you, Father, just as I know you. And this is what he prayed in John 17. He wants us to have that relationship with him. So never lose sight of the focus that God is for you, that he is for you. And, and keep that in mind as we start off this new year and as this, this, you know, these weeks just start to roll out and we, we see that it's happening all over again. Time is just keep continuing to move. We must start off on the right foot with the right perspective and we never forget that God is for us. I remember when we went on vacation and we were going to go up to Traverse City in Michigan and we decided to stop by the sand dunes and... Um, and, and, you know, when you look at these sand dunes, they, you know, it's pretty, in Michigan, they're, they're, they're okay. I mean, they're okay. You know, they're not like steep Mount Everest or anything. You know, it's, they were okay. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to run up that hill. I'm going to do it. I'm going to run because, you know, at the time I was doing a lot of leg exercises. I was pretty strong, you know, able to lift over 500 pounds, you know, and, and I, you know, squat 500 pounds. And I'm like, man, if anything I got, I got good legs. I'm going to run up this hill. And so, you know, the kids went ahead and my wife and I were there and, and I just, I'm going to do it. And I just took off, man. I was, and I'm going and, and I'm about like 10 feet up this hill and I'm like, <laughs> I could do it. I'm crawling. I'm just trying to make it up there. I mean, I got this like 80-year-old couple with sandals walking up. I'm like, what are they doing? You know, I was like, you know, I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it. And, uh, and then I realized I can't. Uh, we, we, we always start off with excitement, but then things just happen and life hits us and reality sets in. You get, the, you get the credit card statement from all the stuff you spent on Christmas. Life happens and then all of a sudden reality kicks in. But I believe that it's important that we start with a clean slate spiritually. 
I believe it's important that we start with a clean slate to start over, to wipe it clean, and to look at this year as the year that God is going to do something amazing for you. You cannot let last year or the year before or what you think is going to happen in 2022 discourage you from believing the fact that God is for you. I am telling you, I am so excited about the future, not because of the history that we have or not because of the things that that are going our way. It's not because we have momentum or because we got this or because we got that. I simply just truly believe it's going to be incredible because we've never experienced this before, but we have always experienced a loving, caring Father who will never leave us and never allow us to be discouraged if we just put our eyes on him. He's the one who lifts us up. He's the one who tells us, don't be discouraged. Don't be down. Don't be afraid. Trust me. Have faith. It's going to be okay. And that's why I just, I look at the beginning of the year and I just, I get excited because we get to start over again. How many know that this is going to be the best 2022 you've ever had in your life? Because it's the only 2022 you had in your life. So why not make it the best? <laughs> so I'm like, oh man, it's 2022. Some of you just found out it's 2022. The thing is, we cannot allow history or past or anything to discourage us. Because you never know what's around the corner. You never know what's going to be there. You just got to keep believing, keep trying. So how do we start off with the new slate? I believe the first thing we need to do is we need to start off as people who are forgiven. If you have your Bible on your phone or with you, 1 John 1, 7 says this. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. But if you walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sin and purify us from all unrighteousness. I want us just to take this verse and simply look at what the text is trying to tell us. Look at what John is trying to teach us as he is writing what he understands about God. He says this, that if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. When you are living in sin or you're running from God, you don't want to have fellowship with, with, with other people. I remember when I was in school and I, I finally was going to give my heart to the Lord or gave my heart to the Lord and I was entering my senior year and I was so excited because, because God was finally alive in me and I was, I was focused on making sure that I pursued him and, and uh, around the corner of my high school I saw Brian come by this hallway and Brian, he was just a man full of muscle, he was the football guy, he was the basketball guy, this guy would rip your face off, he was just tough. He was awesome. He was a pure athlete. And, um, and so um, a few years before, Brian was witnessing to me because I was living in rebellion and I was running from God. And he came up to me and said, hey, you need Jesus, Pete. And I said, I don't need Jesus, man. You know, swearing at him. I don't need Jesus. Uh, matter of fact, if you want to know if I'm a Christian, go ask my youth pastor. He'll tell you. And Brian's like, you need Jesus. And uh, he says, I'm not going to ask your youth pastor, your life, the things coming out of your mouth, the way you live. It tells me you don't have a relationship with him. Well, he was right. And, and God just gripped my heart and I got saved again. I was, I was at the place in Indiana. I was on the drama team for the church. 
not because I was a great mime, you know, I can't do that anymore, never could do it well, but because all the girls were on the team. Hey, I'm going to go join them, you know? And so I'm there on the drama team. We're in Indianapolis, and the preacher gets up and says, you can say the right songs and say the right prayers and sing the right songs, and you still can go to hell. You need Jesus. And man, I ran down to the altar, and I gave my life, and I never looked back. So I get into my senior year, and I'm so excited because I see Brian coming down the hall. And I'm just, Brian! Brian! And he looks at me, and that man looked like a little boy running. Boom! He took off. He went the other way, and I went looking for him. Come to find out he was in rebellion. He was running from God. When you are not living in God's will, if you're not following and obeying him, you don't want to have association with people. You don't want to be around other people. And it's not because those people are going to condemn you. I mean, you could be living in sin. You could be disobeying God. I'm not going to condemn you. That's the Holy Spirit that will do that. He's the one who will convict you, not to condemn you so that you live with guilt and shame, but to convict you and make you feel guilty so you turn back to the Father, find forgiveness, and then have a relationship stored. But when we are running from God, when we are living in in sin, we don't want association with anyone, and so we run. And that's why John says we walk in the light. He's in the light. We have fellowship with one another. We're not afraid to come to church and say how things are going. We're not afraid to be with people that have the same amount of faith or the same faith that we have because we love each other, we love Jesus, and we know that we are part of the body of Christ. And the Bible says that the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. I I, I just want to, you know, get a little technical here and kind of dig into the Greek language and give you some education today. The Bible says this, that he purifies us from all sin. The Greek word for all means all. Every single thing that you can think of, God says, I'll forgive it. Now, why does God do that? Why does God do that? Because God says this, I would rather forgive you and have you as mine than to hold it against you. I just want you. I just want you. That's why David was a man after God's own heart. Not because David was good or because David was perfect, because David was the most excellent of all people that lived on this earth. No, it was because David believed what he prayed. Father, he said, God, if you forgive me my sins, I know that you will not hold my transgressions against me. When he was caught in adultery and the prophet went to him and he repented, the Bible shows us that David moved on. He didn't hang out in the past. He didn't hang out in the guilt. He didn't hang out because he knew that once the father forgave him, once his God forgave him, God would not hold his transgressions against him. And so he purified him. And now, because of the blood of Jesus, the Bible says that we can confess our sins. He is faithful and just to remove all unrighteousness. Think about this. That when you ask the Lord to forgive you, He makes you righteous. He makes you justified. He makes you completely perfect in His eyes. He doesn't see the past. He doesn't see the mistakes. He doesn't see the failures. He sees you as the one that He created. And He loves you. And with that, He looks upon you. We need to learn to look upon ourselves and understand that we don't have to hold on to the past. We don't have to hold on to the failures. We don't have to hold on to those things that the devil will always try to make you feel guilty of so you never look up. But I'm telling you, God forgives us in the Bible. And I believe the Bible. I mean, I believe the Bible when it says that I will be forgiven of all and then all my unrighteousness will be wiped away. I'll be purified of all. I believe it. 
I believe it. That's why I pray. I try to pray the, the Lord's Prayer every day. Give us our bread, our daily bread. Forgive me of my sins, Father. Forgive me. And once I pray that, I know that I am completely forgiven. And because I am righteous and because I am, I am pure before the Lord, now I'm able to offer that same forgiveness to people who sin against me. And I pray that he'll never lead me into temptation. Give me wisdom to stay out of those situations and protect me from the devil who is trying to still kill and destroy me. That prayer is powerful. Why? Because a righteous person is praying that prayer. I was talking to a pastor one time, and, and you know, sometimes these guys, man, I, you know, it was just different denomination, different church, and, you know, they, they always try to impress you with the way they talk. How does thou goeth today? I said, good, man, how you doing? How you doing? I mean, I'm not rocky or anything, but I busted out my Italian accent. You know, how you doing? And he says, you know, um, you know, he's talking about, you know, sin and, and how God forgives us and, and how we should walk around with humility and brokenness because of the great goodness of God. I said, what are you talking about, man? I said, put your head up. You are righteous. He looks at me and goes, oh, no, 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 no. There's only one man who's righteous. His name is Jesus. I said, do you read your Bible? The Bible says that he will forgive you of all unrighteousness. The only result of that is you are righteous before God. And I just said, I just look at this guy and I said, why do you believe that? God forgives us. And that's the way we need to start off this year. That's the way we need to start off our life every single day, asking the Lord to forgive us. And when he does, or when you pray that, you better believe that your God, who has never lied to you, will forgive you. It is done. It is sealed, dealed, and it is gone. It is gone. He forgives us. That's why the Bible says that he casts them as far as the east is from the west. He removes our transgressions, Psalms 103 tells us. He removes it. He takes away the punishment. So start off forgiving with forgiveness. And sometimes the hardest thing to do is forgive others that are around you because they hurt you and you trusted them. And, but you got to forgive them. Also, you need to look in the mirror and you need to forgive yourself. Sometimes we just need to forgive ourselves and just move on. You know, we, we spend too much time looking in the mirror of the past and not seeing that there is a future. So when I look in the mirror in the morning, I look good. I ain't got my glasses on. I look real good. But I look in the mirror every morning. I look in the mirror and I just put a little grin on my face and say, that guy is loved by the Lord. Because I, I forgive myself. God forgives me. But I forgive myself too. I'm not going to hold on to any mistakes. Maybe I said something to my wife I shouldn't have said. Maybe I acted this way. You know, just the other day I was so tired and I took it out on the kids. I mean, I honestly, I, it was because Michigan got destroyed. But I took it out on the kids. I had to apologize the best I could. You know, it's hard for me to say I'm sorry because I'm always right. I mean, it's hard. But I had to. Why? Because I need forgiveness. So... Move on then. So once you ask the Lord of forgiveness, now you need to also walk in confidence. You need to walk in confidence. Psalm 37 says this, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. 
I want you to think about how awesome God is. It says that the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. The more you delight in him, the more secure, the more firm, the more solid your footing will be. If you just simply delight in him, he's going to make sure that your path is solid. And though he may stumble, he will not fall. I love that. I love that because sometimes, man, the devil just throws that haymaker and pow, hits you upside of the head. Life just knocks you out. Sometimes it, you feel like the wind has been knocked out of your sails and, and you're just stumbling and you're going back. The Bible says that he will not fall. Why? Because the Lord is there and he upholds him. So have confidence that God will be there with you. Have confidence knowing that he's standing there with you every step of the way. That's why I do not look at the future with fear, but I look with expectation and expectation because I know that my God is with me. And even though I may have some hard days and there may be some times where it feels like I'm just stumbling all over the place, my God is with me. My God is with you. And have confidence. Walk in that confidence. You know, you have to walk in confidence. You have to walk in confidence. I was helping my son the other day with the car, and I asked him a question. I said, do you know what this is? And he gave me a good answer, and I had to think for a second. I was like, no, that's not right. That's not right. Here's the answer. But he said it with confidence. He almost fooled me, man. <laughs> right? Say it with confidence. Live with confidence that God is with you. I'm not going to allow the devil to frame my perspective of God. I'm not going to allow someone who cannot speak the truth if his life depended on it to frame my perspective of God. And my Bible tells me that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. My Bible tells me that I am an overcomer. My Bible tells me that if I delight in him, he will make sure that I am firm and solid. And even though life may make you stumble, you will not fall. Why? Because I'm at, at your side. That's what the Bible says. And that's why you need to walk with confidence. Not only do we need to be forgiven and, and live in forgiveness, and we need to be confident, but we also need to be people who expect. And this is the hard part for some people because sometimes we don't feel worthy enough to, to get something from God. We don't feel worthy enough that God is going to answer or give us favor. As I've been writing this book that the Lord has put on my heart, I cannot help but think of all of the little details that I forgot as I start to think about the stories and think about the things, I forget about just some of the little details of how when I asked, God did. When I asked, God moved. You need to have expectations in your prayer. The Bible says in Psalm 5.3, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. Expectantly. I wait for it. I'm excited. I'm eager. I'm just, I'm, I just, what is it? What is it? And to have that kind of attitude is really not about a selfish thing. It's not a selfish thing to expectations because God promised the reward. God promised the reward. 
Just like when, you know, my wife would make this big list of chores and, and she would hand out points. The kids were little, you know, she would hand out little points for them doing their things, you know, washing the dishes, making their room, read your Bible. And they would add it up and they would come, they would come up to her and say, hey, mom, mom, I got all my points, all my points. Can, it, can I go to the store, to Walmart and buy the toy? Because that's my reward. You promised me. And mom would look at her, them and say, oh, that's such a good job. Go ask your father. And so they would come to me, and I said, I didn't make this deal with you. That's your mother. But if I promise something, oh, man, they don't forget it. They don't forget it. Why? Because they expect, because I said it. God tells us, Jesus tells us to go into your room, pray, close the door, and your Father who is unseen will see what you are doing, and he will reward you. There is nothing wrong with looking for the reward. There's nothing wrong with looking for what God lays upon our heart and to have that expectation that he's going to come through. Now, I'm not talking about being people who are selfish and people who are saying, oh, God, I just wish I had a million dollars or I wish I had this or I wish I had that. Because that's not the heart of God. The heart of God is that I just want to find you, Lord. I want to do your will. And, but you know what? I need this, God. Or I, I even would like this, God. See, God is not just going to supply your needs, but he's also going to give you the desires of your heart because that's God. He loves you. But you need to expect that God is going to do it. I, just, just think about this logically. We are people who are willing to give up our entire life to live for someone that we've never seen, to believe that we're going to have eternal life even though we've never experienced death. We believe this. From someone we've never seen, never touched, never have physically been in their presence. And we believe it. But then he says, ask and you shall receive. We start to doubt. I mean, come, think about this logically. We're willing to give up our entire life to follow this guy named Jesus. And then we're going to doubt that he's not going to fulfill what he told us. Ask anything in my name and it will be done. I'm telling you, you need to expect from the Lord. Jesus comes and lays the ground rules and says, listen, if you pray, your father will know who knows what you already need. He will reward you. Seek his kingdom first. He'll give you the desires of your heart. He'll take care of all those things. Ask, you'll receive. Knock, open. It will, you seek, he'll find. Just, but I can't believe you with that, Jesus. No, that's not what we are. We are people who take Jesus at his word. I believe this. I believe that Jesus, when Jesus told me in the end of Matthew that he will be with me to the end of the age, I believe it. I believe that when John told me in the Bible that, that I, if I believe in Jesus Christ, that I have the right, the privilege to be his child, to be a child of God. I believe that. So why would I doubt Jesus when he said, ask anything in my name and it will be done? We need to be people of expectation. We need to be people who wait for it. And the thing is, 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 as David says, you know, in the morning I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. I mean, we're not just sitting there worrying about what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen. When my wife promises me breakfast, I wait with expectation in my office for the, honey, breakfast is ready, and then I go and I get my reward. But I don't sit there in the office I hope she turned on the frying pan. Man, I hope she's going to scramble me up some eggs. I don't hear the, the piñata going, or the piñata. The... 
I don't hear the rolling pin going. I don't hear tortillas being made. No, I sit there and I wait. Why? Because I know that my wife will fulfill what she's promised. You wait with expectation. And so what do I do? I just, I get my work done. I'm doing different things. I'm enjoying life. Why? Because she's going to take care of that. And that's why David says, when you pray, you lay your request before, you bring them to God, you tell God, you, you share with him what you want, and then let him do it. Wait with expectation. Yes, I got to do this, and yes, I got to do that. It may take some time. It may take years, but he's working on it, and he's going to make it happen. This is how we need to be people as the new year comes. We need to be people who are forgiven. We need to be people who know that we are forgiven and that we are righteous before the Lord. We need to be people who are confident. We need to be people who walk in confidence knowing that we are His children. And I'm not going to live and let the devil shape my view of who I am in Christ. And then we also need to be people who Wait with expectation. Continue to do your daily things. Continue to live your life out. But God is working on it, and he's going to deliver. Because how many know that he's never failed? From the moment when he said, I want light to be appeared in the darkness, from the moment of Genesis to the very end when Jesus says, I'm coming back, you cannot find one time where God failed. Not once. So why doubt him now? Why doubt him now?